Hey, sports fans, Coach Nick here, and welcome to the B-Ball Breakdown live show coming at you after the uh, Heat versus the Celtics. I don't even know what day it is, excuse me. As always, I'm joined by Andrew Combo Salop, and we're here to talk a little bit about what was going on with this game. Um, I got two words for you, Combo. Jimmy frickin' Butler. Jimmy Butler is real. Uh, by the way, that's my line. I, I know that they're watching my stuff because Jimmy freaking Butler has been my line for a long time, and uh, and I, I I deserve credit. Now, thank God he hit that three that on that crazy bounce at the end to seal in his practice because he he had a couple in and outs toward the right down the stretch there that kind of was like eh, I wanted an exclamation point. He gave it to us, and I got to tell you, like I, and I tweeted this out. I said, you know, whatever, and if MVP really stands for a most valuable player, like for your team, and he wins this award every time unanimously. But but the, the point was, uh, people made on Twitter to me, which is right, was it's not necessarily the, the regular season Jimmy that we're talking about. This Jimmy, this version here, is the one that would win MVP every time. Yeah, if you play like this the whole regular season. But I think he it, when he doesn't want to score, like he's only going to do this if he has to. Like, if his team wasn't as much of a talent, if his team didn't have as much of a talent deficit, he wouldn't do this, you know? I mean, it's kind of like the LeBron thing. Like, LeBron could average 40 in regular seasons in the past. He just didn't have to, and that's not the way he plays. But Jimmy is the w same way in a lot of ways because he just does what it takes for his team to win. And if it's to score 40 or whatever it is, he'll do it. Narrative, narrator voice, uh, he has to. <laughs> this is what yeah, he has exactly. to do. Exactly. Um, and he did it. He was uh, absolutely terrific from uh, both sides of the, of the ball, I thought, uh, tonight. Uh, Jimmy ended up being, what, 12 for 25? Those two in and outs, man. If he would have been 14 for 25, then, you know, it would have been even better. Uh, two for four from three. If you notice when he hops into his threes, the rhythm is better. The right corner three he hit was a hop. I can't remember if the last one was either, uh, wasn't or not, but um, there's something there that he should be aware, aware of. I don't think he is, and that's too bad, but um, seven assists, um, six steals. I mean, he was all over the place on both ends, 35 points total. Um, and you know, this heat team, we have to stop dismissing it. I, I forgive me if I have been that guy, but I keep sort of feeling like they're not, I don't know if they have enough to get to the finals, whatever, but here they are again. Um, you know, similar, it's not actually even a similar team. Who's, who's left over from the last finals. It's Jimmy bam. Um, not Kyle. Max Struess, Max Struess, right? Was Struess from that team? Maybe not. I'm trying to you think. Know what? Now I, gosh, someone's going to tell us in the uh, in the comments. Which, by the way, oh, Dun oh, Duncan, Duncan, obviously. Oh yeah, Duncan Robinson is there, but it's not as the same role. Um, right. but don't forget but if you want your question answered and uh, us to give you like a lot of love and hype and really help us keep the lights on throughout the show, uh, super chat's the way to go on YouTube. Um, and we know you're out there. So Tyler, um, Tyler, but he's not playing, obviously. Yeah, he's Tyler Hero, but he's, yeah. he's not playing. So that's good. We're getting some answers. Haslam, he's still hanging around somewhere. Um, but uh, that not many. And then you still have Spolstra. Um, and Frank wants to have Dwight Schrute uh, on there. I, I, I think maybe maybe he's just a permanent uh, Miami Heat, but I don't think he lives anywhere near Miami, so I'm not sure. But you don't even know who Dwight Schrute is, do you? No. God, that, that is so... I knew that as soon as I said that. Uh, sports fans, uh, combo is not exactly up on the uh, the cultural touchstones of our generation. Uh, Dwight Schrute would be uh, one of the great characters from The Office. What, what, what's our generation? Uh, <laughs> any generation below 50. <laughs> I'll just say that. Um, Dwight Schrute, The Office. Uh, Rain Wilson, one of the best uh, characters of all time. And then, ironically enough, his, his brother in the show is Moe's. And my son, his name is Moses. We call him Moses, and probably after, you know, after Moses from uh, that. Now, first super chat, uh, BB Coach JW33. Again, uh, this is the best friend of the breakdown. He's been with us for a long time. He's always there to, to have a great question as well. Thank you so much. Um, does a series win here make Butler a Hall of Fame player? Wow. You know, I don't know what the heck a Hall of Fame is. You know, when Gary, I got so much crap when Gary Payton made the Hall of Fame and I kind of scratched my head because I didn't really, uh, you know, and, and I get it now. So, I, I you know, I, he, he was the, you know, the best defender of his generation and a, and a good offensive player. And, and, and did actually get a championship with the Heat. I mean, yeah, he strung, his, he strung it out as long as he could and, and got the, got the, uh, the ring. Um, but, you know, 
there are, there are players who make the Hall of Fame without winning a ring. So it may, I don't think that has the, the criteria. Um, and I don't even know if the series win here makes them because again, is are the Celtics like you know a series win over the Warriors with Durant like that would cement his Hall of Fame status if you needed to go there for like a you know big a big statement. Um, do you know what I mean? I don't I don't know how much different these teams are. Uh, um, what, what do you think about that, real quickly? Let's parse that out. How much better are the Celtics supposed to be than the Heat? Well, I think down the line talent. It's there's a big difference even on defense, like. In help defense, think about it. If Bam's not at help, they should be toast. Like, the Celtics have so many guys that could be at help that you're not toast. Like, you obviously have the two bigs, and you have Tatum, and you have Brown, and Marcus Smart is probably decent there. Like, once you don't have Bam, like, they're a really small team, you know? If you, if you, yeah. So we'll, we'll get into that for a second because we have to talk about Zeller. Um, but, um, but anyway, let's get, let's finish the, the question here then. So, um, uh, well, I think Mitch Richmond was a great, two guard for his generation that not not a lot of people think about but i mean i i think he made it i think jimmy's close to there right i yeah. mean he, he's right yeah. there and he's had and he's had better playoff performances than mitch yeah it's different a little bit only because mitch didn't make the playoffs a lot and then when he did he was sort of a roller role player uh if memory serves but but the, the point still stands that jimmy is doing it at the uh the height of the pressure situations and there's a lot to be said about that so yeah um so I, I think he'll make the Hall of Fame. I, I really feel like that seems reasonable at this point. And you know what? Um, the, the, I, I would say that what would cement it would be like a, a title, right? Without oh, yeah. question. Like if he could lead this team to a title, oh my goodness gracious. I mean, there's no way they'd beat Denver, I don't think. There's just no way. Bam could not handle Jokic well enough to do that. Um, but, um, but, you know, I think he's going to get anyway. So that's a good question. Uh, and well, we definitely deserve a lot of love. Uh, you, think that, and you deserve BB Coach JW. Uh, all hey, that love. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, do you think they could beat the Lakers, just hypothetically? Could Miami beat the Lakers? I mean, what's interesting about, like, so, for instance, Denver, Denver could beat the Lakers, should beat the Lakers, because they match up really well with them, right? With Jokic, AD, and, um, and Aaron Gordon on LeBron, when LeBron isn't torturing somebody else by forcing switches. So um, I don't see how, I mean, okay, how would the, the Heat match up with that? You'd have to have Jimmy on LeBron, I guess, and then you'd have to have Bam on AD. Um, I, don't, I don't feel great about that, do you? No, I don't feel great about it, but who knows with this team, the way they're playing. What I want to ask you is, what were the Celtics doing in the fourth quarter on offense? Because it seemed like Tatum wasn't even involved, and I don't know exactly what they were running in general. A lot of standing around, yeah. Um, you know, Tatum is a, is, a, is a there's a problem with Tatum. Uh, this is twice now where he's gotten into modes. He started the game terrible. He started the game a lot like he did game six. He missed like two layups. He missed whatever. He finally got like a, a three to rattle in. Thank goodness, because it was gonna. I thought it was really gonna go down from there. Um, and he leveled off and ended up being okay. Let me look at his numbers real quick. Um, Tatum finished nine for seventeen, so that's actually you know better than I thought it was gonna be. And he had thirty points, but like down the stretch, even when he wasn't you know uh, off the ball, not getting it. Like, there were some really problematic plays he made. He travels on a drive that was really terrible. Uh, he had another turnover where he wanted a foul, um, or he almost turned it over. On the, like, he just gets all discombobulated, and his footwork gets all screwy, and his balance is all off. And he's got to solve that in a hurry because they're not going to be able to win games if he's going to have, you know, 10 minutes of a game or 12 minutes of a playing time, um, you know, uh, with going through his own whatever uh, in internally. It's a real problem. Yeah, the ins the inconsistency with him is real. Like when you compare it to Jimmy, it just shows how much inconsistency there is, right? Like because Jimmy's just on every game he needs to be, and you could always rely on him. Yeah, I mean Jimmy had three turnovers, and he shot you know worse than you know uh, Tatum in theory. Although Tatum was only nine for seventeen, and and Butler's twelve for twenty five but much more impactful when you're talking about what you're doing on offense. And I just feel like um, they need to figure that out. Um, I, I don't know if it's a Missoula thing because obviously, so I, I did the video on, on uh, doc today. And when I tried to focus on it, it was 20 minutes, it was an epic Titanic thing. Please, if you haven't watched it, go watch it. Uh, it would really help me out. Uh, I'm so worried that it's so long. People are going to be like, ah, I can't watch it, but it really is good. 
and what I did was I told you last night I was going to do, I, I took apart like a lot of the game sevens. I even had to cut a whole game seven. It was going so long, but I took apart all the game sevens and sort of diagrammed the moments when the games fell apart and became blowouts. And a lot, almost all of his game sevens become blowout losses when, when he loses. Um, and there, there is a, a sort of a semblance of like, you know, um, it's a mental breakdown where they don't, they can't keep it all together. And I feel like that is where the coach in the, the playoffs is, is his most valuable where he can snap them out of it. And he could maybe call that timeout and maybe, you know, signal the right call and they'll run the right offense and they'll get some movement in what they were missing. They ran a horn set. I remember at one point in the fourth, you know, to try and do something, but um, when you get against the heat, uh, they it's, you know, what's funny about that. The, the defense almost, spaces the offense out in a way do you know what i mean like they almost get you so compartmentalized in your own areas that you it's like one-on-one -on -one. you're gonna have to you better do it on your own because you're not really going to be able to get a lot of uh other action going uh from your teammates you know what i mean it kind of felt like all everyone was on an island trying to have to like create because the defensive pressure uh ratcheted up and they positioned themselves well to take away you know drives and middle drives yeah does that even i have to go look at this more carefully. does that feel right yeah, that's interesting because I feel like actually thinking about it now, neither team really has like a rim running lob threat big, right? Like Bam could be that, yeah, but, but he, he Bam could be that, but he doesn't really play like that. And Williams, Williams doesn't seem as involved in in that type of way that he used to be, right? Like, well, they had him on a couple though. They had one on a nice uh, uh, short roll where or, no, it was a lob. Oh yeah, it was a lob from Smart uh, above the right elbow. And I even tweeted it out because there's no way to stop it. You had Lowry having to bump down and Struess had to stay with him on the roll. Neither of those guys could jump, you know, to knock it away. That said, Jimmy knocked a, a, a lob away to Robert Williams later on. So I was like, oh, but Jimmy is, you know, a, a really serious athlete more than Struess is and, and much taller than Lowry. So he that's why he was able to do that. Um, and then they had another one though, uh, to Robert Williamson. I think, was it smart again? And they had a great shot of it from like the behind the rim. Um, and he, he put it in such a perfect place. Uh, was it, was it smart who threw that? I think so, but it's not like a huge part of their offense, right? Him yeah, no, it, it never, even at the, even for an offense where it is a huge part, they'll throw it three times a game, right? Or that's, whatever. That's, that's, that's fair. Now there's that's a threat fair. about that, which people will bend out of shape, you know, because of that, another four or five times maybe. But yeah, in the grand scheme of things, it's funny, a lob vertical threat probably doesn't have a lot of influence on um, a huge number of possessions anyway. So uh, I feel like, I feel like prime Deandre um, Jordan was yeah. like, there, there was like more than three of them a game, right? Which yeah, was, no, he, he might, he, there might've been like 10 or 12. Yeah. Right, right, know. right, right, right. <laughs> but still, yeah. you know, uh, you know, and by the way, throwing a lob is not easy. You could attest to this. Yeah. A lot of things can go wrong in a lob, and it's, yeah. it's a little bit ballsy sometimes to throw those like deep in the fourth quarter when you, if you really you know want to get a good shot and you don't want to throw the ball away. Uh, I mean, I, I I had one in, in one of the game sevens. Um, Austin Rivers throws. Two, oh, actually, he threw one out of bounds, and then the other one he actually threw was okay. But then um, DeAndre Jordan blows the dunk, you know, deep in the fourth quarter of a game seven, and then you know you could just tell right from that moment. Which, by the way, sort of you know connects to my point I was going to make about Doc Rivers was that. Once you know where the game is going to go up, fall apart and you can you go right to that spot and you watch a few of the possessions, it's so obvious once that first turnover happens or once the other team hits that three, you can just see it. The entire collective brain power drops and, and Doc has no way of stopping it. And then the game just falls apart. It really is amazing. And you have to be careful with like, you know, Missoula. I wasn't sure I loved what I heard from him in, in his huddle uh, in terms of what he was trying to get his uh, team to do. Uh, he seemed to be uh, angry and stalking, and he threw um, something that uh, at some point during another timeout. Um, you know, it's it's uh, not the time when you want to get your players to play as well as they possibly can, you know, to be using uh, anger and disgust. I, I, just, I think it's uh, just a bad idea. We have another super chat. Let's get that one going. Here we go. Uh, from, oh, wait, we do not. We do, but it's I have to scroll. Let me scroll. Gosh, darn it. Um, here it is. Sebastian. Sebastian Barron, thank you so much. On a scale from a used napkin stained with barbecue sauce and rotting banana peel, how trash is Zeller? Okay, so the scale is used napkin stained with barbecue sauce on one end 
and rotting banana peel on the other. Okay, so it's time to get into that. I mentioned it a little earlier. We got to talk about that. Um, I'm going with, um, I will go rotting banana peel, I think. Uh, what do you think? I mean, I really appreciate the super chat, but I think I have nothing to add on this one. All right. He must be friends with Zeller. But um, no, I, mean, no, I mean, I don't I don't think Zeller is that terrible. I mean, today, yeah, it wasn't good, but no, no. I mean, he's he's not he wasn't like bad. But when you watch a game like that in the conference finals, this is the this is the position they needed to have upgraded. Like they shouldn't have he shouldn't be there in this role playing. I'm going to say, OK, I'm going to say he played 10 minutes. Let me see. Did he play 10? Uh, Zeller played. If he played more than that. Good luck. Oh, he played 917. So I was really close. Um, you can't have you can't have ten minutes for Zeller. This is not the thing for him. And I, let me look at the roster because I almost feel like they don't really have anybody else. It's really too bad they don't have anybody else that can play those minutes um, when Adebayo goes out. Although Adebayo only played thirty six minutes, so they're going. How many minutes did Love play? Oh, that's right. So it's Love. Um, Love played um, sixteen. So I would give I would give Zeller like five minutes and let Kevin Love play twenty. Honestly, I think that's probably what I would do. Yeah, uh, in fact, it's not right. clear to me why he didn't get he really didn't get run um, in the second half. I don't think it must have been something defensively. Yeah, I got to look at that again because he was hitting threes and that was good for them. And uh, you know, um, and, and you know, and Zeller is just like his movement pattern. He's just kind of slow. Doesn't have like you know his hands aren't great. He's just not like. Um, you know, the, the game is too fast for him. You know, it, it, he's just a guy who they need, you know, get some minutes out of and hopefully he doesn't get in too much trouble with them. And, he, and I don't think he did, but when you look at what the Heat can do, if they had a better backup center, uh, then, then, yeah, then I would say they'd be, that you, I would favor them right now to win the series. That's fair. Maybe you should favor them now. Well, they have home court advantage. Um, I, it's, it's, it's safe to say that they have the uh, bench uh, coach advantage, right? Oh, the Heat? Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. not even close. I mean, the Heat are clearly the best coaching staff of the league, in my opinion. Okay, but you got to go watch out for Mike Malone, if you're talking about who's yeah. left. Even. Yeah, no, um, he's, the, the, he's great, too. He's great, too. Yeah. No, I, uh, you know, Mike Malone is really underrated, uh, and I think we talked about that last night. So Spo has a little bit more um, experience, you know? Yeah, there's no question. It, yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm team Spo these days. Uh, and I feel like uh, they're, yeah, they're just well prepared. They're really tough. Like when they, you, you saw what Missoula said in the in the um, huddle. He had commented on the fact that they had ratcheted up or they had you know increased their intensity, and then the Celtics did not. And that's probably fair. What was going on, um, and he needed them to meet that. Uh, and Spolstra seems to understand how to command that. I think he, a he knows that you can't just start there and have it there the whole time. And then b I think he knows how to elicit that and that's how it's a really good skill to have in terms of training it could even be a little neuro linguistic programming where they could you know, trigger that with a uh, certain vocabulary and words i don't know but um it's a it's a whole world out there that you can explore that i've done with my teams that really really works and almost like the pavlov's dog thing where you can train your, your players uh to have an, uh, a specific emotional res response based on stimuli um okay let's get to the next one then do we or do we cover that one let's see here uh, okay, so we covered that for Zeller. Thank you so much. We have some more super chats. Oh my goodness, thank you so much, guys. AJ Reed says, Coach Nick, love your video on uh, Lewis and Clark College, and I've been following you for years. Thoughts on Gar Gordon spacing a dunker spot? Also, Butler is crazy. So I was so I was actually remember I said last night I was going to like going to finish the um, doc video in the morning and then do the Laker video in the afternoon. I didn't finish that freaking thing until 4 p.m. Um, it was a monster. So I didn't get a chance to study as much as I wanted to. Um, but I do think that, yes, they have to get um, – you, you will see uh, Gordon not in the dunker spot. And that's weird. I think that there is something about certain players – like Ben Simmons did this too, where whatever offense you're running, I, I don't even know if it would call for you to go to the dunker spot in the weak side. Like you would do that anyway. You just sort of gravitate toward there. There's going to be nowhere else to go. You're trying to find a spot. Jokic is posting up. Uh, that you can't be there because that let Anthony Davis be there. Uh, and then I, and I like that idea, by the way, let's talk about that for a second. I, it looked like people on Twitter were upset that the Lakers like revealed this, you know, a hip way they're going to guard him uh, too early. What do you think? Well, I think that does actually make sense. It's almost like you showed your chest move early, but if you feel like you had a chance to win that game, 
it's not like you shouldn't do it at that point. That's my opinion. But I do see the point there. Yeah. I mean, if you're not going to do it in, in game, you know, in game one, then, you know, when are you going to do it? You might as well. You're doing it. You, you saved it, you know, all year long. If you played them in the regular season, you don't do it. And then you do it now. Um, and I, I wonder if they had even had that in their pocket. They might have just sort of were so desperate. They're like, let's just try this. Let's try. Let Rui guard him a little bit. And that makes a lot of sense to me, certainly because Anthony Davis really was struggling um, and they needed another look uh, for him. And then it lets him come over. But you have to imagine that Jokic is going to solve that puzzle pretty quick within a few possessions, I would think. Um, and I would think that they would keep Gordon in the corner. And then, you know, it, again, the Lakers will probably let Gordon shoot that three. Um, and if he hits it, okay, it's kind of like in the P.J. Tucker mode. And then if not, then, you know, great. It's a win for them. But um, there, there's going to be – I have to study the, the, the footage, and I'll probably come up with some interesting ideas on what you could do uh, to combat that as well. But, but kudos for, you know, Darvin Ham to try that and figure something out. Um, and that wasn't even the issue, I thought, uh, going down the stretch. That was you only know, a few sessions. You know what I'm thinking also? They're like, we had AD on Jokic, and it made absolutely no difference. He's probably going to do that to whoever he guards. So let's just get him off the ball and let him try to create havoc that way. Yeah, and that's where he's best at anyway, really. AD doesn't like the contact. He doesn't like people bumping into him. But like, not, but know. like, if he would have done pretty well on Jokic, they probably would have never made that adjustment, right? It's like... Jokic was oh, going to have – basically, like, Jokic is going to have his way no matter what, so let's have AD help side, right? Yeah, and but and then they also think, like, you know, let him score 50. We'll shut everybody else down. We can win that game. But I don't know, man. It, it seems to me he'll still get, like, five assists even with the 50. I got to look what he had in the last time. But they lost I, the other game. I would try it for a quarter, no doubling at all on Jokic. Yeah. Just let him beat us, you know? And yeah. also, like, well, two points. Let Jokic beat us. And get back in transition. Like, that is the thing that killed them first half. Like, they did not get back and match up. Uh, absolutely. And that was really strange. And it wasn't like they were – I mean, they had a couple days to prepare. It wasn't like they were exhausted and tired. But, again, they were also mile high. And that's going to be a thing when they're on the road. Uh, but let's – let's we have some more Super Chats. we got to get to them before it gets too late. But, again, thank you, AJ. Great question. And, yeah, Butler is crazy – uh, but by the way, how good was Lowry uh, in the first half? I mean, oh my goodness gracious, he wouldn't miss. What did he finish with? Lowry ended up. Uh, let me look. Here. He was okay. on fire. I was looking for NBA Jam memes. He's on fire to yeah, post. He's on fire. Um, he was six for twelve, uh, three for five from three. But he was probably like six for eight. I, he might not have scored in the second half. I, can I do my sliders yet? No, I'm only read three fresh. You know how in NBA they'll let you do it, but not until he didn't play. A, he had long stretches where he didn't play in the regular season. Uh, Kyle Lowry. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, and that's for, for this very reason. Yeah. Uh, in fact, you know, and now they're bringing him off the bench, uh, which is a really great thing that he was like, sure, go ahead. That's no problem. I, I know Kyle a little bit, the greatest guy uh, and totally one of those guys who would sacrifice whatever he could to, to you know, for the good of the team. Um, and it, it really is working out. I mean, Vincent is doing nicely. Vincent looks, you know, some of those games, he looks really confident offensively. He took a, his guy into the lane under control, you know, pump fake maybe, and then hit a shot in the lane that was looked really good. Um, he's not always that way, but this was another important thing for him where he can kind of just have control over that. Um, and, and, you know, what did he finish with? Um, him. Uh, four for six, 15 points. I mean, perfect. Him, Caleb, Max, they all have been great. So Caleb went three for seven from three, and I'm like, there's just no way anybody can shoot well the way he shoots. But we'll get into that in a second. But don't let me forget, because the Caleb Martin three-point catapult is driving me nuts. Um, but thank you, AJ. Great question. And BB Coach JW is back again um, for another one. Thank you. Thank you so much for the Super Chat. Is it just me, or does the mid-range become more crucial in the playoffs compared to the regular season? Um, it is not just you. Um, and part of the reason is because they're going to run you off the line and they're going to be prepared for that. And then they're going to wall you up from the paint. So what do you have left is, you know, James Harden learned that and he was doing really well when he did well and then sort of decided to go away from that in some weird way um, in some maybe distant echoes of Moray ball where they don't want to go and shoot those shots. But um, no question, like Jimmy Butler is a guy who's just feasting, you know, he had a, he had a, like a pull up jumper, kind of floater jumper on the baseline. Um, on the right side in the second half that was so like I'm not even sure if he was looking at the basket <laughs> but it was and it wasn't a, a, a deep shot but it was one of those where you can easily miss because it's sort of like a 10 11 footer um, but you but those are the shots you're going to get you got to hit those because otherwise you're going to get blocked at the rim or you won't get the three-point shot off what do you think Cabo? 
Yeah, I think the mid-range does become more crucial. You need it um, late-game situations. You need it end of shot clock, and you need it to kill drop coverage, which is a pretty popular coverage in this league, especially in the playoffs. So I think it does become more crucial in the playoffs. Especially because, you know, okay, those are the shots you're going to get. How do you expect to make them if you haven't been working on them in games during the season? Like, that's why you can't avoid them during the season. I've talked about this with Seth part now. Like, the mid-range is not dead. Just the spot-up mid-range is dead, right? Like, your your best players who have the basketball need to be able to get in the mid-range and score. Yeah. And by the way, that's how all the NBA guys used to do it way back at like in the 50s and 60s. All those, they just pull up from 16, 17, 18 feet and knock down those shots. So this has been the, the, that kind of shot for a long time. I did catch a, uh, oh yeah, I was in the doc video, which again, you guys all should please go watch maybe a couple times if you don't mind. Um, there was a drive, uh, it was the Celtics probably, it might've been 2010. Um, I think it was 2010. It drives baseline. And um, the guy spotted up on the on the baseline about 17 feet away. It was the weirdest thing, and he just the, the help came and he and he passed it to him. The guy just shot it and made it. Um, it was so weird to see an 18 footer on the baseline. You know what I mean? Versus yeah, yeah. I mean, Charles Oakley used to do it a lot. Bill Cartwright, all the guys back then used to. How did Bill Cartwright? Um, how you should do a shot break breakdown. Yeah, Bill Cartwright. He, he needed a lot of time to get that one off, and he did because uh, Jordan could. Would take all that energy, uh, all that. Well, he, he was doing that before Jordan, though. Um, yeah, you know what? Um, yeah, uh, I, I could picture him with the Knicks doing yeah. it again off of like it would be a drive, and then they would just quickly throw it to him from about six to 15 feet. I actually think he got more looks with the Knicks, right? It seemed that way. Uh, yeah, I mean, right. I mean, the, the Bulls yeah. would throw him a bone in the beginning of, of the game where they let him post up a couple times and he would do that turnaround uh, thing um after they cut through on the triangle um and then yeah then they would you know on the occasional drive and kick in the same way uh but yeah no he was a bona fide scorer with the knicks i remember when he first got to the bulls we were all excited he's going to solve our problems because that was before the triangle actually was installed and um you know he his hands were not great (laughs) you know uh mj tortured him for a while but they figured some things out and he ended up becoming uh you know actually a really great defender um so that was really crucial for them uh okay Let's um, let's get to the next uh, super chat. Thank you so much, Anthony Skets. Wow, really appreciate this. Sour for sorry for being tangential, but I'm a Sixers fan, and even though their stars aren't faultless, thank you for making the Doc Rivers video. Don't don't apologize. But we love it. We we are all over the place. We are as scattered as scattered can be um, in the, in a show like this. Uh, but yes, um, I want to make sure, yeah, that you know you can't sort of not fault all of the players on Doc's teams for making this the plays that I showed. Um, but it, at some point, I just feels like it's too much of a coincidence when you have uh, all the, and by the way, I use game seven as an example, as the ultimate in like pressure situation, but obviously game six against the Rockets. Uh, do you remember that one in 2015? I do. The Josh Smith game. Um, you know, the, talk about meltdown. Once Josh Smith got, got going, you could just see it. Like it, I have the, the, some of the clips in there of, of uh, JJ Redick and, and CP3 and Blake. They're just shell-shocked. And Doc is shell-shocked. And he's, he's carrying on and he's yelling at the refs and he's just making everything crazy. Um, and that's not what you need in those situations. Now, would it have dif- been any different? Like, I, I don't know, but I know it didn't help. And I think that was sort of the point I wanted to make. And I hope that it resonates with other coaches uh, and they can cut, start to see how important body language is and communication is. And, and also just preparation as well, because, um, you know, a lot of the turnovers were just um, ill-advised, bad decisions, uh, didn't recognize, you know, what was happening on the court, bad reads. Um, and that is that is coaching. What do and you think? Do that coaching stuff. Then, yeah, that's going to happen a lot. And if you just rely on the players and hope that they understand that, then you're going to be in for a rude awakening. What do you think Doc's strengths are as a coach? So, you know, he's a player's coach. So I think a lot of it used to be, oh, he could talk to players and he could relate to players. He was a player, all that stuff. Um, and I think that at some point you get to a certain age where it does that doesn't work out so well anymore. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because like Mike Brown and uh, Doc, uh, Pop, these guys are all, I, I think, like, you know, Positive Coaching Alliance members or subscribe to that to some degree. But then – it seems like it's been creeping in and maybe as you get older, you just get all, you get curmudgeon Um, It feels like they violate some of the tenets that you, we have uh, for, for positive coaching, which um, is, is really designed to get the best out of your players. It's not about toughness and yada, yada. You can be tough, you can be passionate, 
But when you use the wrong kind of language and trigger uh, words, uh, it could be so detrimental you don't even realize it. And plus, the, plus just your, the way you're moving and the way you're, you know, the argument with the ref thing is just so so troubling to me because it's it's just so big and histrionic. And, and you're looking at that and you're like, well, I now need to argue with the refs then. And the refs are against us. And now we're, you know what I mean? It just takes your mind off of the task at hand. Um, and you don't have to believe me, right? I could be making this all up, but the evidence is there, right? His teams fall apart in the playoffs consistently. So I don't know any way else to explain it other than what we're seeing and those techniques, which tend to be scientifically proven as well. So, uh, but thank you so much, Anthony, for watching and, and being here within the show with us. I really appreciate it. It's really, uh, really generous of you. Martin Jose uh, is best friend of the breakdown. I don't know if that's even strong enough these days. Thank you, Martin. Grant Williams, DMP coach decision tonight. Why is he not getting much minutes this postseason? He played a big role last season despite finals lost. You know the answer that I'm going to tell you, right? You remember what I've been always saying about Grant Williams, right? No, rem oh, remind me. Oh, I, my, before I used to forget his name. But now, um, if you have to play Grant Williams X amount of minutes in a game like Zeller, then you're going to have a ceiling on your team. Like, that is the problem with, uh, with him. I like him. He plays really hard. He can, he can contribute and actually make a player now and then. But if you got to play him 12, 15 minutes in the playoff game in the conference finals, I, I think you're in trouble. And I think that's what happened last year, too. Um, he's just undersized. Um, he's a little bit underskilled. Um, you know, there are certain spots you can probably find to get something out of him. You know, Peyton Pritchard got in there. That was nice to see versus maybe like what the minutes would have been for Grant Williams. What do you think about his minutes? Yeah, I thought they were decent. I feel like he's been better offensively in the past. To your Grant Williams point, I feel like Grant Williams' best role defensively is like guarding a guy a little bit bigger than him and getting under him. Yeah. And as I said before, like the Heat don't play with a lot of bigs. They play with like four guards and Bam. And Bam doesn't play like a big sometimes. So I don't know if there's a defensive role for him. In right. this yeah. Although in theory, you know, he, he could guard Caleb Martin. I suppose. I mean, he could, he could do that if he wanted to, but um, I suppose they wanted some shooting. I know uh, Pritchard got a three in the corner. They couldn't get to go down on a he, he, quick release. He's, he's kind of better guarding guys like, and nobody could guard these guys, but like, the PJ Tucker role where they're like getting under a Giannis, yeah. getting under a KD. He's not really like guard um, a quick little guard or a quick wing. You know, he's more like that defensive stopper for like the league's best players, even though he, nobody stops those guys anyway. I, I absolutely right. And he's just, he's physical, you know, but you know, he's limited. And I think that you don't want like as many limited players. Uh, you want to, you want to limit the limited players as much as you can. Um, and that's, you know, where they, you know, they're going to, they're going to find minutes. He'll play in the series. I can guarantee he, that. He could actually help the heat. He fills a role for them. If he was on the heat, right? Like he could guard some of the team's other bigs because they just don't have bigs. Like, yeah, he could, he could have his other minutes. At, at, yeah, exactly. And space out, you know, he yeah. could space out on offense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I hear you. Yeah. So he's on, he's on the wrong team is what you're saying. <laughs> All right. Uh, we, we have some more. Oh my goodness. Super chats are coming in fast and furious. So we have from Sebastian Barron. Thank you again, Sebastian. Another one. Uh, again, this is so generous of you. As we all know, percentages and probabilities help predict team and player performance. So which team's play style predicts a higher chance of success? Well, I will answer this really quickly with, um, and you know what, um, was it Stan who said it? Uh, the Heat outscored the uh, Celtics by six threes. And again, I told you that before. When you score six or more, I might go check on it right now for the playoffs. I don't know. It might not be a big enough sample size, but it's something like 75% winning percentage when you do that, independent of everything else. You can get out. You can turn the ball over a lot to get out rebounded. But if you make 18 points more from behind the line, that's almost you know impossible to get beat by. Um, so that's one thing. Now, I have to check here. I'm going to go check it right now while we're talking because I, I have to remember, I don't think that the – the Heat's um, three-point frequency is that much higher than the Celtics. Uh, if I, if I think this game it was, but also how about free throws? You should check that because that's important. Um, okay, it is, it is. So let me right now the shot dashboard three-point frequency for the playoffs. Let's just look at here. The Heat, um, the Heat are were one, two, three, four, five, six in the out of the sixteen at forty-one and a half percent field goal, uh, whatever uh, uh, frequency for three. And they're shooting about 37%. The Celtics were higher. They shoot 45% of their total field goals are threes. And they're at almost 40%. That has to lead the league. Yeah, they're leading the playoffs up until tonight. Now, tonight, we had um, the Heat go, let's see here. They went 16 for 31, which is impossible to, to replicate, 51.6%. 
And the Celtics went 10 for 29, 34.5%, which is, you know, not that far off. Maybe if they had one more three or so, they get really close to what they've been shooting. Um, although now I need to do the 29 divided by 81. I bet you that's still in line with what they've been their frequency. So um, it's not like the, the the style of Celtics are, they don't shoot threes at the Lakers or something like that, and the Heat do shoot threes. So that's not necessarily a style thing. Um, but um, I do like that the defensive intensity style, can we call it that? Because the, 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 the Heat certainly bring that, right? And they seem to be able to turn it on when they need to do it in, in, in those big spurts. Um, I don't know if the Celtics have that. Yeah, and I think it's about creating habits during the regular season because everybody talks about how the regular season doesn't matter. And in some cases, that may be true, but from a preparation standpoint, that's not true. Mm -hmm. And if you prepare throughout the whole regular season, you'll be able to keep it going in the playoffs and not having to flip a switch. Right. Well, I mean, here's the thing. So the, the, I get it. The Heat can't play that way the whole time. They would just turn into a puddle of you know sweat in the ground by the fourth quarter. They couldn't do that. So I get why. And I like that, by the way. I like being able to play different levels of intensity on defense in different parts of the game where you can ratchet it up and then dial it down a little bit and then keeps the offense off balance. Where the offense struggles for the Celtics is that you still have issues. We saw this with Tatum. We still have issues with Brown. Brown in the, in the uh, open court is rapidly or maybe already is that one of those one of the 10 guys in the league who you have to bring a second defender in to stop him. He really is impossible to stop in the open court. It's, it's pretty impressive. But we, we're seeing the same stuff we saw last year, going to the basket, getting uh, losing your balance, uh, losing the ball, um, you know, missing the shots because of that or getting it stolen or knocked away. Um, they, they haven't quite adjusted that. And it's interesting because, you know, I'm trying to think of like the guys who are in their position, like those wings that can drive a lot and really score well. Um, I don't think that there's too many other of those guys that get stripped like this and lose the ball like this and still struggle. You know, we saw, you know, on the ground a lot. And Tatum, again, tonight lost his mind a little bit and just wasn't uh, was just dysregulated for some weird reason. So, um I, I don't know. Um, I don't know how to feel about that other than that the fact that it seems like Miami knows how to turn it on, knows what the scouting report is, and knows that they're gonna they're gonna suffer. The Celtics are gonna suffer under that wilting pressure uh through varying ports of the game. Yeah, they definitely made the Celtics uncomfortable, especially in that fourth quarter, right? Especially in that second half. So that's what the Heat do. They're doing a great job of it, and their intensity on defense is incredible. Yeah. So the the final well, here's what's funny about that. In the fourth quarter, Boston outscored Miami 25 to 20. Did you know that? Wow. So it was the third quarter that was the swing. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. the third quarter was 46 to 25. And that was a meltdown. Uh, 46? Yeah. Defensive wow. people couldn't handle it. Now, I, let me refresh. Maybe I can get my um, the box score uh, by... Uh, I wonder how many quarters... I know, I know the Nuggets had a crazy quarter yesterday, but I wonder how many quarters in the playoffs have been 46 so far. That's pretty uh, that's crazy. A, I don't think any. But here's the thing. Yeah. Um, so in the third quarter, we can now isolate it. 46 points. They went six for nine from three and Max Struess had three of those. And, um, and then they had Jimmy, Kevin and Caleb had one apiece. Let's talk about Caleb Martin for a second, because this guy catapults to the bass, to the hoop with his threes. He hangs in the air. It's a violent arm, uh, motion uh, on the release. And th there, there's almost the way there's almost no way for me to believe that this guy can shoot that way and score or make any more than about 33.3% on these threes. It just doesn't seem possible. And yet for the season, he was, I think, 35 or 36, and that's where he is in the playoffs, maybe 37 in the playoffs. So he's been able to do it, and I guess it kind of makes sense in the sense that um, you can get hot. You know, you should, what, you'd, be a lot, you'd be very um, inconsistent that way at the very least, and I suppose he's on a hot streak right now um, where he's making these. But some of the misses are so ugly, even the ones in tonight's game where it, it, he's catapulting it, and, I, and I, don't, I don't know what to make of it. I feel like some of them look worse than others, right? Forget, yes. about, the forget about the makes or miss. Jay just, it looks different every time. I, I, by the way, that, that's part of the nature of like when you hang in the air or whatever. Sometimes the arm is smoother, and it does release, and those are the ones that look actually really good, and a lot of those seem to go in. But some of the ones, I mean, I don't, and, but, but he's, and he made one, I think, that was really like a violent um, action with his arm. And uh, it just it hurt my shoulder watching him do it. But, but hey, this is what the playoffs are for. It's a make-or-miss league, and he is making enough of these. 
um, to be a really viable, uh, you know, uh, contributor. I wouldn't have thought I would have put him maybe in the uh, Grant Williams category at some point where it's, you know, if you got to play him a lot of minutes, you're, you know, in, you're going to be in trouble. He but gets, I, uh, I you, what? He, he's decent at attacking closeouts too. Like he had a tough finish in the first half, that reverse. I mean that, oh you know, my that inside hand. Yeah. How? I can't believe that he got far enough to the other side. And then yeah. he had a little English probably on it too with the wrist. Really? Yes. Uh, all the, you know what? This has got to be a testament to the heat and the training staff as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, man. That was a tough finish. That Like if you just saw him in that play, you'd think like this guy's an all-star or something. Like yeah. that, looked, that looked incredible. Yeah. And he attacks on the catch really well, which I really like to see. Yeah. Um, downhill and- you mean, right? What? He catches downhill like on the move. Yeah, yeah. So, the, you know, the ball's in the air. He lifts his feet, and then as he's, he's catching, he's splitting and he's going. None, yeah. none of the single threat stuff. Um, and so he's really developed. Like, you know, it's great to see because sometimes you don't see – wait, what's so funny? <laughs> like how you just totally dismiss triple threat. But I know what you're saying. Like, in the oh. modern in, in the modern game, like, triple threat isn't it, you know? Yeah, and, and listen, yeah. you'll see Jason Tatum do triple threat. And I'm like, you know, all right, when, when you're ready. Uh, I think maybe that's part of the reason, like, I'm not going to – like, he's not for me. Is that and I know he's a great player. He's just not for me. I guess is the right way to put it. Maybe that's part of it. Like because things stop when he gets it. Yeah. And and what could I say? The guy had fifty to close out. Like you know, I I can't say anything. Like I I've been tough on him in the past. Like obviously he's great, but I think I like I think I like players that play with flow. I I me too. Yeah. I, yeah. Listen, like, you can't take anything away from the guy. The guy is a legit elite top ten scorer in the world. Um, right. And, and and even uh, aside from that, though, he, there's a lot of room for him to improve. That's what's so scary about this league is that you can have guys that can score 30 a game, and yet there's like 30% more that they're leaving on the table they can improve on, be it like whatever their age is in the, in the development process or just skill level development. Um, that's what's kind of scary about it all. Um, and, you know, maybe that never does get there, but I, I would love to see him you know, not have to have his eyes down all the time when he drives. And I would love to see him clean up his dribble a little bit better where he doesn't fumble it even, you know, on the perimeter when he's just doing his bag, um, you know, little things like that. And same with, you know, Brown has some other uh, that stuff too. Um, you know, I, I think in the past we, we had certain superstars in the NBA, you know, in the nineties and the eighties who you wouldn't necessarily see that, but then again, they're not going to dribble in place 12 times doing a through legs, you know, grass crossover through legs crossover or whatever. Uh, it was a little bit more of an efficient attack, I suppose, in that respect. So um, uh, that's why you might see some more, like you know, some of the stuff that's going on. But they, they, it would be great to see them clean that up. Um, Bra- Bra- York. Brown dances, but not as much as Tatum. No, not at all. Yeah. No one. I think Tatum has to lead the league in in um, dancing. Probably dribbles per possession, right? We have that, don't we? Oh, J- that that got to be James, right? Oh, okay, yeah. I, you know, I want to say it was better uh, this year, you know, when it's hard. Oh, league. yeah. I mean, he has a different role now. I mean, obviously, it's not like Rockets. Let me see. Tracking. I think, where is it? It's under dribbling, right? Where is, a, uh, is it under drives or touches? Maybe it's touches. It's, there's dribbles per touch. Uh, average dribble per touch. Here we go. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, oh, wait, that's in the playoffs. Nikola Jovic leads with 17 dribbles per touch. <laughs> Nikola Yo- Jovic for the <laughs> yeah. Heat? It was probably one touch in one game. All right, let me go. Uh, I have to filter this out. Let's go in the, in the, in the regular season. I like, I like, I like Jovich too. I think he's gonna be good. Uh, yeah. So Trey Young, let oh, the lead. that's uh, that's and, the missing guy instead of Zeller. They got to play Jovich. How tall is he again? Six eleven. All right, free Jovich. God damn it! You, you know what? Why not? If you looked, if I looked at that um, at that tape tonight, I would definitely say let's try him because. You know, again, Zeller um, couldn't – I mean, you could, he could have been worse. There's no question. But they're just not getting anything out of those 10 minutes. I would I would give him a run. Give him a run and see what happens. Maybe they get like an eight-point lead in the second quarter and they have a little cushion. Like, yeah, it's – I've, I've, seen, I've seen him play well. I've seen him play well with the Heat. Yeah. You know? I'm going to have to go to um, – uh, I'm going to have to go to the tape and check him out a little bit more. Coach, let's see. Someone wants to know why I don't make more Heat videos. Um yeah, no, I, I think that's that's it. Um, you know, the heat videos don't get a lot of views, and unfortunately, it is my business. So, but I'm gonna do one on these. Uh, that said, here's my here's my conundrum. Having done the video today, and I need to get the the Lakers video. Um, this was a good game, though. I think I'm gonna do this game tomorrow, and then I'll get back on track with the Lakers. Now, my only problem I have with that is I have to go out of town this weekend, and I can't. I don't think I'm gonna get any work done, so I'm not gonna be able to cover the Friday, Saturday, or Friday or Saturday games. 
which would be what? What's Friday? That would be this game again. It would be the right Celtics and the Heat, and then um, so it would be one of each. So maybe it won't seem like I'm, I've, I've abandoned any of those teams. I'll, I'll be back on track to do those teams. But uh, but yeah, for some reason the Heat fans maybe they don't like me from like back in the Heatle days when I was you know I, I I wasn't making highlight videos of the Heat. I was breaking it down and showing some things that might not have been working so well, and that was pretty triggering in the very beginning of B-ball breakdown. I'll tell you. Oh wow! You think they're holding a grudge for that long? It's possible. Some of those Heat fans were um, awful. Just well, you know awful. what? I actually think that if somebody hates you, there's more of a chance they watch your video than if they're indifferent. Interesting. I don't know. I don't know. But because um, I feel like hate and they just, you know, block all, you know. all. That's why they say, like, if somebody's not your friend, you should make them your enemy. Okay. Interesting. I never I've not heard that, but that's true. <laughs> Um, well, because because you're not in somebody's thought at all if they're neither your friend or your enemy. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, bad publicity is, is good too, whatever, all that stuff. Okay, there you interesting. Go. Um, but uh, yeah, so don't worry. Uh, so I'll break down this game tomorrow, uh, and then I can't do one for, let's see, what, what I didn't even know what day is today. Today's Wednesday. So that means Thursday night's game I can't do. Friday night's game I can't do. And so I, that's three games I won't be able to do. So it'll be, it'll be two Lakers games. So I'll, I'll have to catch up. So that's a problem because – Maybe I have to do the Lakers tomorrow then. Yeah, right? You, yeah. You you have to make that AD. Um, but the thing is, though, it might be um, old. It, yeah, by because it'll be second game will probably be like already coming by the time yeah. it comes no, out. I mean, right? if I don't drop it by like noon my time, then it, yeah, right, within right. a few hours it's old. Right. All right. So I think that's my answer. So that's interesting. I'm going to end up not doing a breakdown of the Lakers uh, Nuggets. I wanted to see the, I wanted to see that AD, AD Jokic uh, breakdown. That would have been a great video, I think. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know what to do. Start it right now. Let's do right. Start I can't it right do now. It, can I? It just would be so old so fast. But I'll do it. I'll just do it over the course of two games. Okay. But you know what? It's gonna be three games because it'll be Thursday night's game I can't do, and then uh, Saturday's. What game, do you mean so. by you? What What do you mean by you can't do? Oh, you can't be jamming down videos at the, on those days. Yeah, I can't do a breakdown of, of game one, and I can't do a great game, breakdown of game two. So I'm gonna have to do a breakdown of game three from from. Um, so, so, uh, so Saturday night, I'll do it. I get back on, but I don't get back. Tomorrow. Oh no, I don't get back. I feel like this is not a. I feel like this is not a conversation for the live show. No, but hey, <laughs> we're a live show, so we can always put in there. And this is a good chance to get into my brain for a minute. This is how I have to deal with all this crap. So, uh, I'm hoping someone in the comments solves my problem for me. I guess, but nonetheless, all right. Well, let's see here. Let's wrap this up. What do you think? Anything else we got to talk about before we uh, go to sleep? Struce did a great job on Tatum. You know, I you said that in the in the in the uh, uh, in my text. I want to look at that because I can't picture him on him a lot. But you saw you felt like he was guarding him most of the time on those things. On those, I, thought, I felt like I saw him guarding him. Also, I mean, a lot of it was the the Celtics offense, like just not getting into any offense. But I do think Struce did a great job. Yeah, and by the way, if you watch like what like what the Lakers do, for instance, and in the and the Nuggets do it too, is you know you want to target the weak link in the in the defense. Um, and so the Celtics, you know, aren't really doing that. Now that said, there's a reason because it's kind of hard to target the weak link. You know, uh, Vincent would probably be the guy that like Tatum would might want to attack because he's smaller, but you know, the way that Vincent can is he's got, you know, uh, really good core strength. You're not, he's up, knock him out of the way. Yeah. And he's really quick with the hands. Right. So you're going to try and dribble by him. That's going to be a, an interesting adventure. Um, and then I'm trying to think of who else on the, on the, uh, the heat you target, like you, you target Struess and, you know, you know Struess is long and he's tough. Uh, I, and feel like, tough. I feel like sometimes Tatum does best when he's like, uh, those bigger guys guarding him and he could kind of like, he's like, um, he plays that like undersized four type role and there's just like, he drags a big out. There's no bigs like that really. Cause Bab could defend and everybody else's guards. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And, you know, I, I see one of the comments about um, about Hero saying it's a sixth man and not the starter. Um, I tried to dig into that video a couple of days ago about are the Heat better without Hero. And it just didn't – nothing was grabbing me. I was looking at the numbers and the stats and, and um, some of the clips. I, I don't know. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't put my finger on anything that really resonated with me, so I, I didn't do it. Well, there's less people to target. Oh, defensively? Yeah. Yeah, okay. That's one, that's, that's one reason for sure that they're benefiting uh, now. Uh, but, you know, they get the benefit on the other end, too, with his scoring. Um, Shot but, profile changes, less mid-range. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but, oh, Struis got cut by the Celtics? I don't remember that. 
Yeah, I think he was hopping around a little before he finds it, found his place, but I think he's going to get a bag this summer. Hey, we are DePaul. You know, I grew up down the street from DePaul. Wow. So I was a big DePaul fan back in the 80s uh, when they were good. Um, Rod Strickland, that was a good team. New York okay. City. What else we got to talk about? I think that's it. Um, so stay tuned. Uh, tomorrow we'll do the, the, the video for this game. Why not? And um, and then I'll just deal. Unless I change my mind, but then I'll just deal with, you know, th- that's the thing. I'm not going to do a video on the uh, on the Lakers-Denver until game three. Unless you start now for the the AD Jokic video that you should make from game one. Oh, you know what? Do it right now and, and have it really. I, I mean, I just drop it at midnight. I'll never I, I, that that's way. a video I want to see. I'll tell you right, that. You want to, okay, tell me right now. And everybody in the comments trip up here. What, tell me what you want to see. I'll make it. If I can make it really focused, right? That's the key. Otherwise, it takes me hours and hours and hours. You want to see just the individual matchup between Jokic uh, and, uh, and AD. A video just about that. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yes, that first game. Okay. Uh, I was looking at the comments. Sorry. Oh, okay. Hey, I'm so happy you know where the comments are now. Combo is right on that point. I don't know what point he was talking about, but I appreciate you, MBW Doughboy. Okay. Well, <laughs> then let's do that. I will. Um, I will. Maybe I'll try and do that right now. Uh, why not? Why not? Let's do it. All right. Okay. So uh, I'll look at that. So I'm going to focus on simply just um, that. Although I guess I have to get into the, that's here's the problem. It's the rabbit hole. I got to get into Rui on him with AD uh, off ball uh, helping out. Don't I? Yeah. 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 Get but again, I guess there was how many possessions you think there was of that? I don't know. You, that's your job. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> probably four, right? Five. I don't think that there was that many. They did it, but they don't think they did a lot. So uh, anyway, now right. you're gonna, and also you can predict what adjustments to the adjustments since they showed their car early, their card early. Okay, this is the rabbit hole now. Now, now you're talking about like you know adding an extra hour to the damn thing, and it's already uh, almost nine here. All right. Uh, I will try and do it and I'll, what the hell, maybe I'll, you know, I've never released a video at like, you know, midnight. So maybe I'll try it and see what happens. Uh, who's up in, um, in Paris right now or somewhere in Europe. <laughs> They'll enjoy it. 7am, right? It'll probably be, uh, it's a seven hour difference usually. Something like that. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, combo. Awesome stuff. Um, we could run it back tomorrow night. Yeah, let's do it. All right. This is great stuff. A lot of people here. Thank you so much for the super chats from everybody. BB Coach JW also for sure. Sebastian, AJ. Uh, it was his first super chat tonight. Thank you, AJ. Uh, Anthony Skats, uh, Martin, uh, Sebastian again. Uh, all you guys, thank you so much for the super chats. Thank you so much for, for being here. Great conversation going on in the comments too. Um, and don't forget, sports fans, at People Breakdown, we're not a channel. We're a conversation. You in? Are you in, Combo?